1: It's Monday, it is June 17th, it's 2019, and we have 12 games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my bearded brother, getting the call from the bullpen, Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good.
0: I was tell you, informed me that I would be on tonight just two hours ago. I was planning on taking a nap and waking up real early, and then I yeah, got called up, and I was I just decided, you know Time to watch some Netflix, do some research, have a good time with my buddy Stevie, but it's a good Father's Day. Watch the Open. Congrats to Woodland. Made some money on Sunday DFS because I was going to be up for the Open. All is well and good in my my life.
1: Yeah, I made money in NASCAR today. Um, I crushed the trucks, gave some of it back in the Xfinity, but the Xfinity race was so chalky that... Like, unless you won the tournament, I don't know if you could profit because it was just so chalky and so many people tied. So it was just a weird, weird race, weird um, day for Xfinity. But, yeah, ready to get back on the baseball grind like I am always on Mondays. Uh, If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders link so we get access to – Three months of Roto-Grinders Premium for Fantasy Draft. Plus, you'll get any cool promos that we run with them. You'll get access to those. So, if you haven't checked them out, check them out. Good day to check them out. They got a $7,500 home run over there. You can only enter it 10 times. You're not playing against 150 teams. So, $25 buy-in. You can only enter 10 times. $1,000 in first place. So, if you win, even if you max it, you're going to have a nice ROI. So, if you haven't checked them out, make sure you check them out. Uh, I will say... There are a few games on the slate that we're waiting on weather. We're going to break all these games down and uh, let Kevin Roth do the weather on Monday morning. So we're going to get started with uh, Philadelphia, Washington, Jake Arrieta, Patrick Corbin. Any interest here in Arietta?
0: No, no, I've, I've, I've given up on playing Arrieta. He's not the pitcher he used to be. Washington's not a good matchup. He has too high of a walk rate this year, too low of a strikeout rate. He's not limiting run, runs like he used to. I'm, I'm not going to play him against a good Nationals team
1: yeah i don't think i can play him in this spot either um i don't mind him against like really right-handed heavy teams and this team is pretty right-handed heavy it's just he's just struggling a little bit lately and I, I know he pitched decent last time out against arizona but if we look at it he's given up 13 earned runs over his last three games and five home runs in that span but the thing that's concerning to me grant is the 10 walks in those three games so I think there's something going on with Arietta right now. And, you know, I think this is a spot that I'm probably going to stay away because this is is one of those weather games, too, that I'm a little concerned about. Uh, Patrick Corbin on the other side of this game, you know, he's been struggling recently, but, you know, he's priced like he's been struggling. I know he's allowed a lot of runs over the last three games. Uh, Do you forget that and just play Patrick Corbin here at 82 against Philadelphia? So it's
0: interesting. Um, Yeah, I've been – I've stacked against Corbin the last two starts because he's gone against teams that have a whole lot of righty power here. He's obviously a bit worse versus righties and lefties, and I want to play him really bad at this price tag. He's too good for this price tag, and I will end up playing him, but this is another spot that kind of worries me here. It's another spot with a whole bunch of power righties. We got, what, five guys to start off the lineup that have over a 250 ISO versus lefties so far this year. Not a huge sample size, but we all know these guys are power hitters just from how they've gone in the past. Outside of Segura, who's just a moderate power hitter. Um, But Kingree, Hoskins, Real Muto are all big bats there. So it, it's a little tough to kind of roster him, but 8.2K is just way too cheap. The guy's got... A 26% strikeout rate on the season. Moderate walks. Still gives up a bit of hard contact here, but it's not like righties. He's giving up a whole bunch of home runs here. I mean, he's given up four in his last three starts, and those have been against tough opponents. The White Sox and Padres both have a whole lot of power here. So a good enough ground ball pitcher that's just good overall. I'm I'm, I'm expecting a bounce-back spot here a bit when you incorporate his price here. So he's one of the top options on the slate. I'm guessing he's going to be moderately chalky, but I still might eat it just because of what he allows me to do with bats in my SP2.
1: Yeah, and, you know, he's kind of pitched on the road a lot recently. So, like, this is one of his first home starts, I think, in the last four games. Um, So, you know, like you said, he's had some tough opponents. He's been pitching on the road a lot. I just like the price tag. I don't know if I could pull the trigger in cash uh because miles mikolas is 6400 facing miami like I- i'll just be honest i know it didn't work out like last week but yeah you know, it's just one of those things where it- he's really cheap facing miami so we'll talk about that in a few minutes but that's kind of where i'm at uh, if i'm going to pay up for a guy up towards the top um i'm probably not going to end up on corbin and cash but i do like it for tournaments. But even though I like him for tournaments, I think you can look at some of these Philly bats, uh, Segura, Kingery, Hoskins, real all these guys have been really good against left-handed pitching this season. And if something's really wrong with Corbin, like this could be a spot that we potentially get these Philly bats a little lower owned.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, this is, I mean, like I said, he is, he has been struggling against power righty teams recently. The last two he's faced, he's done badly. And this is not a great spot for him. It's strictly because of the price that I'm, going to be rostering him but yes these Philly bats are in play like I said top five bats in the lineup are all over a 250 iso versus lefties so far this season all over a 390 wOBA, they've been fantastic they don't strike out a huge clip the bottom of the lineup's not going to be great but I mean I'm not worried about that I'm not going to be rostering them so I think you can take Kingery Hoskins Real Muto all as decent one-off bats I mean even Harper he's still decent enough versus lefties although Corbin has been fantastic versus lefties this year but Kingery, Hoskins, Real Muto, all good one-off power bats. It stacks in play. If he gets a little bit wild like he did two starts ago against San Diego, he could potentially be in a lot of trouble quickly. And this Washington bullpen isn't fantastic. So I'm fine with the stack here. I'm fine with the power bats.
1: Uh, what are we looking at here for the Washington bats against Arietta?
0: I mean, his stack's in order uh, just because of how bad and how wild Arietta has been in his recent few starts. And he just hasn't been good overall. His numbers aren't nearly as good as they have been in the past. And, The ball's going to be put in play a whole lot. Um, He's got only an 18.9% K rate, so any of these bats are good. Dozier, even with his high K rate, I'm willing to take the price savings with him there. Um, Kendrick, Soto, Rendon would be the first three. And Turner would be the first four guys that I really go with. All of them have ISOs over 200 so far this year versus righties. This is a decent spot, especially if the weather's not going to hold up. I know Philly's got an all right bullpen, but it's not great. I, I will happily take any of these bats as a one-off and I'm and a full stack is in play here.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, the other guy is Matt Adams coming off of a really good game on Sunday. I think he had two home runs on Sunday, didn't he? Um, in the game against Arizona and he's hit three home runs in the last two games. Uh, gets a good matchup here against Arietta. He's really cheap over there on Fandle. Um, I think he's priced pretty appropriately on DraftKings and fantasy draft, but on Fandle, he's, he's really cheap. So, maybe you look at Adams more on FanDuel. You can play two first basements over there as well. Uh, they also just, you know, anybody that follows along here, Grinders. we're starting our MLB single entry series uh, over there on FanDuel, um, the $3 price point this week. So if you want to play in that, uh, jump in that the $3. I'm, I'm guessing it's going to fill pretty quick. These always fill pretty quick. So when you're listening to this, throw in a dummy team and uh, edit it later on. So uh, jump in there and See how you stack up against everybody else. Uh, Tampa Bay at New York. We got trinos against Tanaka. Uh, any interest here in Trinos
0: No, New York's too good of a team. I don't really... I generally don't play many uh, Tampa Bay players. I don't know how long of a lease they're going to get. And Trinos' price tag of 8.8. 8. I know he's been good recently, but this New York team is... A very good hitting team. And Karen should be in the line today, which adds some power. He's been one of the best power bats in the league. It's being played over in New York, which gives downgrade two Torinos here. Yes, he can go 100 pitches. Yes, he's a decent pitcher. But 8.8K, I can get better pitchers for less who are probably in some easier matchups. So I'm going to cross him off.
1: How about that for New York? Uh, let's let's get rid of um, Morales and add Edwin. Yeah. Um... What a huge bump to that lineup. My issue with Trinos is this team hits sinkers well. He's a sinker baller. Um, You know, Torres, Edwin, Sanchez, uh, Luke Voigt, all these guys have really good numbers against sinkers. So, like, that's my biggest issue with Trinos. I like him against teams that struggle with sinkers, and uh, those are the teams that I like to play him against. He's not a bad pitcher. He's actually really good. Um, Like you said, you always worry about the leash as well. But going into Yankee Stadium, it's a ballpark downgrade. It's just not a spot that I'm going to play him. Tanaka, king of the junk. um, Any interest here in Tanaka in this spot?
0: He's another guy kind of like Corbin. He hasn't really pitched as well this season. He's been susceptible versus lefties. There's a decent amount of lefties in this lineup here, but the price tag, when you consider his upside, if he does get to 100 pitches here and is pitching well, he has he could potentially get 30 points in this matchup here, even against Tampa Bay. There are some Ks in this lineup. Second half of the lineup, all above 20%. Top half of the lineup, still good, but Lau does strike out a pretty heavy clip versus I, I Again, it's another Corbin spot. I'll mix and match him with GBPs. I'm not happy about it, but that price tag is too cheap when you consider what he can do here.
1: Yeah, he's pitched really good against them, I think, both times this season, too. Um twenty three point seven and twenty eight point eight in two starts against them this year, one at Tampa and one at home. So he has the upside to pay off this eight K price tag. Um if we're shopping in this eight K price range, just like you said, um, you know, the upside for Corbin and Tanaka is certainly there. It's two of our weather games, so we might not be able to use these guys. We'll have to see what Ross says, but and Tampa's been a good team. You know, you you're not you're not getting Tampa of last year. You're getting a really solid team up and down. So there's certainly risk in taking Tanaka, but there's certainly upside as well. Um, what are we looking at here with the Tampa Bats?
0: I mean, the lefties are all in play, especially if they have some power. So Choi, Lau, Meadows are all fantastic play. Tanaka giving up 362 Woba, 234 ISO. He doesn't strike him out at a huge clip. So lefty power is what we generally target against with Tanaka. And we generally don't full stack, but if Tanaka is going to draw some ownership because of his price tag, a full stack is in order here. You can... Add in Pham or Diaz, both of them are striking out a fairly low clip, which is good versus Tanaka, who's decent versus Reddies. Garcia has some power, and Tanaka has a tendency to leave balls out over the plate occasionally and just get taken out of the park. He's always had a great like fip in numbers that would seem that he wouldn't give up a whole lot of bombs, but he's always been a guy that's just thrown a few bad pitches and been taken deep. This Tampa Bay team is a team that, they they wait on their pitches. They're well disciplined and they can absolutely destroy Tanaka here again. Tanaka's in play for GPPs, but this Tampa Bay stack is in play, and all these lefties are good one offs, especially Choi, who I think is still way too underpriced considering how good he is versus righties.
1: Yeah, and the only thing like that you're you got to remember when you're taking Tampa bats here, and, and one of the reasons that it's tough to stack against the Yankees, you got to remember just how good the Yankees bullpen is. So. Got to be careful when you're stacking Tampa. But I don't mind a two-man or one-off of Meadows, Lau, or Choi. Um, Pham profiles well, so if you want to play that, you can. He's just hitting the ball a ton on the ground this season against right-handed pitchers, and Tanaka, more of a ground ball guy. So, you know, you always worry about stuff like that. Uh, As far as the Yankees go here, you know, I I mentioned Voight. Um, He profiles really, really well against sinkers. So, I I like him. I don't know if I necessarily stack against a sinker baller, though. You know, he's just a guy that can generate a lot of bad contact, uh, get a lot of poor hits, and you don't know if you're necessarily going to get that full-on, you know, Yankee stadium-type game when you're facing a sinker baller.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm probably staying away from the Yankees. Obviously, Sanchez is a guy that's in play pretty much every single slate because he is a catcher, and he is a guy that can hit a home run on any given slate and catchers. A pretty thin position so he's in play Encarnacion hits sinkers pretty well he's a guy with enough power where I wouldn't mind using him um outside of them I, I just really don't have any interest in these guys they're going to draw some ownership but Trinos is a good pitcher and the Tampa Bay bullpen's very good so I, I don't see a real need to go with the Yankees bats so just Sanchez for me if I'm going to take anyone or Incarnacion.
1: Not 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 today, but it's gonna be interesting stacking the Yankees with Voit, uh, E five, and Sanchez. Um, you know, catcher first base on FanDuel. Like you're only be able to play two of those guys, so might be making more Yankee stacks over there on fantasy draft moving forward. Uh, we got the Angels, we got the Blue Jays, we got Pena against Edwin Jackson. Um, any interest here in Pena?
0: I mean, he's not really a guy I want to play, but Toronto, especially against. Um, pitchers that are very good versus righties and a little bit less so versus lefties. I mean, bijo and Tellez are the two lefties you have to worry about, and Pena struggled versus lefties, but been fantastic versus righties. A 263 Woba, a 140 ISO versus righties so far this year, and he's got good K numbers to both sides of the plate and doesn't walk a whole lot of guys. I guess in a bad ballpark, but with the opener, Pena's going to draw on less ownership. He's 6,700 over on DraftKings that's too cheap considering his upside. I have a bit of interest in him um and the strikeout upside is massive versus the Toronto team.
1: Yeah, I have interest too. Um and with the opener like he might not get biggio and Tells three times, like he might avoid, you know, facing two of those lefties. Um depending on how that first inning goes, so I have interest. He's 6700, he has strikeout upside. I think he can put up 15 to 20 here. Um, you know, I hate openers. I hate how that whole situation works, but I think he's more in play on a two-pitcher site. I don't think I play him on Fanduel. You know, you're not going to get the quality start. You're not necessarily not, not going to get the win, but, you know, it's going to be a harder road to a win. Um, you know, you're just losing out on some of those points that you pick up on Fanduel. So I think he's more of a play on two-pitcher sites. but I'm right with you. I, you know, you look at this team – 24.9% strikeout rate against righties this season. The lowest of the projected starters is Vlad at 19.8%. So there's plenty of strikeouts in the top and the bottom of this order. So Pena, I think, is certainly a guy that I don't mind. Uh, Edwin Jackson on the other side of this game, that's a, that's a very quick no for me.
0: Yeah, lowest strikeout, great team in the league going up against one of the worst pitchers. I'm out.
1: Uh, what are we doing with these uh bats here for the angels? Because, um, you know, they're priced up. You know, Trout 56, Otani 51, Listella 47. You're paying up for these guys on this slate,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, uh, a lot of these bats have some power. Listella, Trout, Otani, Calhoun, Boar all are decent power bats. And Edwin Jackson's not very good this season. This Toronto bullpen is not good at all. Sorry if you hear a dog right now. Someone just got home, uh. But yeah, I, I Trout and Otani are a little bit tough with the price tag. I'd be more interested in Trout, um, but Otani's still in play for He Still has a massive hard hit rate, and Edwin Jackson's giving up a bunch of hard contacts so far this season. It's a good ballpark. So Listella, Trout, Otani, Calhoun, and Bohr, who's now been a little bit hot recently, are all in play. I don't think I go with Fletcher, Lacroix, or anyone else that's in the starting lineup here. I'd probably just go with the power bats and a full stack is in order.
1: I got one more name to throw at you, Grant. Justin Upton's getting activated from the IL today. Oh, it's, I you forgot know, be his... about
0: that. I saw it earlier. Yeah. And it's not showing up, but, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm happy. it would be his
1: first out. game. I'm expecting him to bat, like, fourth or fifth. Uh, you know, you'd think he'd get his normal lineup spot. And, like, I know it's his first game back, but we know he's been rehabbing and stuff. Like, 3,900 against Edwin Jackson, and he's on the road, like, This seems like a really good spot to play Justin Upton um, at this price point.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. He's a very good hitter.
1: So that was just one more name. I agree pretty much with everything you said. I really like the top of this order, and I don't mind Boar. First base is absolutely loaded um, today, so you're going to have a tough time figuring out which first baseman you want to play. There's just so many of them. Uh, Is there any of these Toronto bats that you want to play against um, Pena?
0: Rowdy. He hits the ball hard. Pena gives up a lot of hard contact fly balls. A lot worse versus lefties than he is versus righties, and he's been that way in the past. So he's the guy most likely to hit a bomb, and he's too cheap. So he'd be the guy that I'd look at, but I don't think I'm stacking anyone up. I'm probably – like I'd go with Rowdy over Smoke, so that kind of takes him out. Although 3800 is not a bad price tag for him, but it's literally just Rowdy and Smoke, and that's it, just for the home run upside.
1: Yeah, I don't hate Biggio. Um, He's the other guy, like batting leadoff, second base eligible. He's starting to show a little bit more pop and a little bit better presence at the plate just in general. I've watched him a little bit recently. So uh, I don't mind Biggio um, at that price point. Uh, Moving on, we got Houston at Cincinnati, 8.5 total. Here we got Wade Miley against Luis Castillo. Castillo's only a 120 favorite in this game. Any interest in Wade Miley?
0: I mean, Wade Miley's been good pretty much this entire season, and he always outperforms how we expect him to. And, like, 8-4 is just too much to pay for him, though, even against the Cincinnati team that has some strikeouts in it. Um, but it's it just, no, just don't pay that much for him. He could end up with 25 points, but there are six other guys around the 8K range, 7K range, even high 6K range that could potentially end up with more points. I don't want to waste this money on uh, Miley when you're really sacrificing a bit of upside. Yes. He could have a good game where he ends up with 25 points, but guys like Corbin can end up with 35 points. So I'm, I'm not going to be playing Miley.
1: Yeah. He said massive home road splits this season too. Um, I, I don't, I hate home road splits. I don't think we ever get a large enough sample size of home road splits because of like all the teams that you're necessarily playing and stuff. But I just wanted to note, like he's been a lot better at home. Like, he has pretty much almost the same exact amount of innings at home and on the road this season. And he has seven starts at both home and road, and he's striking out home at home 43 strikeouts and only 22 on the road. So a little bit of um, home-road splits, a team that doesn't strike out a ton against left-handed pitching. they got these guys in the middle of this order that don't strike out that often. So it's not necessarily a bad spot. And with this newfound cutter of his that he just started throwing last year, you know, they, they struggle mightily with cutter. So if like, you want to play that narrative, you can, Um, you know, it's just, it's tougher for me to get behind playing Miley here. Luis Castillo on the other side of this game. I know he's faced a Houston team that doesn't strike out a ton, but I have interest grant. Uh, I think he's going to be potentially lower owned in this spot. It's not a huge favorite and people hate playing pitchers against Houston, but 10 K price tag, you know, we're not paying 11,000 for him. And he's a guy that, you know, certainly has some upside here. Yeah,
0: he's my top spend-up on the slate. He's been very good this season and strikes out both sides of the plate really well. Obviously, he had the, or he's had been a lot better versus lefties than he has been in the past this year, striking out both sides of the plate at 29% clip. Yes, he does walk a decent amount of guys here, and there are some patient bats in the lineup. I mean, Bregman and Alvarez in a very, very small sample size. They're both, both patient guys, but there are strikeouts to be had here. Alvarez, Torino's. White, Straffy's he's in the lineup, are all decent strikeout guys against righties. So I, yeah, is just my top guy. I don't want to deal with the smaller upsides of the other two top price pitchers on the slate. So I'm rolling with him. I don't know if I'd go here in cash. I don't know what I'm doing in cash right now. But in tournaments, Castillo's, if I'm spending up, if I have the money, then I'm going to him.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'll necessarily play him in cash. I, you know, I'm still kind of debating on if I want to play him or Sorka and we'll talk about that. I think that's the next game, but uh, you know, it's just really coming down to Castillo has 29% K rate against both sides of the plate. His ground ball rates over 55% on both sides of the plate. He's been absolutely legit against righties. Um, This team's not at full strength right now. And their best hitter is probably Bregman. Who's a righty Um, Brantley. Brantley, we know what we're going to get from Brantley. Brantley is just not going to get out. So, you know, obviously worry about Brantley. Um, What Houston bats, if any of these Houston bats, um, are you looking at?
0: Alvarez. Alvarez. He's a
1: beast, right? He's just a freaking beast.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, if you're looking for a guy with double dong potential um, at a 4,500 price tag, he's your best option. doesn't matter the matchup. Does not matter at all if he's going up against a ground ball guy. He is just filthy. Uh, he's the guy I'd look at in Bregman at 4900 Seems like a decent price tag. Brantley at 4200 even though Castillo's been good against lefties, is a decent price. But I'm not going on my way to target anyone outside of Alvarez as, as a one-off.
1: Um, the Reds bats, you know, one of the guys that I really like is rookie... Nick Senzel, but we've got to see if he's back in the lineup. He fouled a ball off and got hit in the face and dealing with an eye injury. I don't want to go too crazy here, but Suarez seems like he's underpriced at 4100 against the lefty.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a little bit too cheap here. I don't mind that play. He's been good this season. He's been good versus lefty this season. I don't go out of my way to target against Miley anymore. Uh, Just has not worked out at all this year. But taking him as a one-off, is not the worst idea in the world. Puig as a one off would be fine. Tenzel as a one off is a little bit too expensive at 4,600, but I wouldn't be too far against these. Struck out a very low clip, small sample size, but still very low clip versus lefties so far this year. And Miley is a good ground ball guy, so I don't see a huge amount of upside, but with one off bats, that's fine with me.
1: Uh, really quickly, just looking, um, Philip Irvin got recalled. If he's in the lineup, he's min-salary on Fanduel at 2K, um, and he's facing a lefty. He's hit fifth and sixth um, when he's played for the Reds this season against left-handed pitching. So if he cracks the lineup, you're going to get a guy. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to pick on Miley out of going crazy against Wade Miley either, but he's certainly shown that he can hit left-handed pitching, and he's min-salary. So at that point, you're just playing a 2K guy to make everything fit. Um, Mets and Braves, Zach Wheeler, Mike Sorka, um, nine total in this one. Sorka 154 favorite It's going to be pretty hot in Atlanta game time. Um, first temp is 87 degrees. Um, what are we doing here with Zach Wheeler?
0: I mean, it's interesting that total scares me quite a bit and his price tag at nine, two isn't great, but he has been a very good pitcher so far this season. Been a little bit worse recently, but he does have upside. Atlanta's not a team I really want to target against, but he's still a guy that can cruise through pretty much any lineup. He's going to go super low owned in tournaments. I don't hate it as a GPP play. I'm not going of my way. I'll probably end up with five or 10% of him, Um, but he's definitely in play for tournaments because of his price tag and ownership.
1: Yeah. He might give up one, two, potentially three home runs in this game. Um, Just looking at how many home runs he's been giving up recently, you know, but The thing is like, yeah, he might give up some home runs, but he's still striking people out. So this might be a spot that, you know, you look at be, it's just, it's kind of, it's just, man, he's given up 10 home runs since the start of May, only giving up three in March and April. He's just been giving up a lot more home runs. He gives up a lot of home runs to lefties, uh, 1.429 home run per nine, and a lot more home runs on the road, which makes a lot of sense pitching in that ballpark. But I think Wheeler has upside at 9,200. I, I think he's a guy that you'd look at in tournaments only, though. Um, but I'm definitely not afraid to take some bats, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Sorka on the other side of this game. Um, do you like Sorka here?
0: He's a great real-life pitcher, but no, I'm not going here. I mean, Mets are a good matchup, but he doesn't have a huge K rate. He's expensive. I'm guessing people are going to end up rolling with him in cash just because of the massive amount of safety that they have here with him. Doesn't get blown up too often outside of his last start, of course. Um, so, like, anytime you get a cash game guy with not a whole lot of upside, you're going to have everyone throwing their cash game lineups into GBPs. He's going to get way higher ownership than he should because of that. And looking at upside, Barrios, Castillo, Wheeler all have way more upside than him. It's not even remotely close. So I'm probably crossing him off my list. I haven't, Again, I haven't figured out my cash game lineup. But... He's just a no for tournaments.
1: Yeah, I like him a lot, um, but I, I'm with you. Uh, I do think these guys in this range have potentially more upside. It's just, you know what you're getting from him. He's allowed two home runs this season. Uh, he's a massive ground ball guy. He's a guy that generates a ton of um, strikeouts as well as getting, um, you know, ground balls. So I like Soreka a, a lot here, um, but I, I do agree. I think he's going to get some ownership here. And it's just really going to depend on uh, what his ownership pushes. I'm not saying that I'm not going to play him in tournaments. Uh, I always put my cash line up in tournaments anyway. So i, I definitely going to have some exposure to him in tournaments. But I'm certainly considering for cash games. I think just paying 10-5 and, and taking a little bit more safety than Luis Castillo is where I'm leaning right now. But there's a lot more research to be done before I even make that decision. Um, Grant, any Mets bats that you like here?
0: Yeah. Um... No, not really. Alonzo, I'll take against anyone, but crazy stat. Soroka's got a 19.2% fly ball rate and an 18.4% infield fly ball rate. Um, never seen anything like that before. It's bound for some regression, but still just super impressive for this kid. Uh, but yeah, Mets, Bats. I'm probably not getting a home run out of too many guys here. You're just hoping that he lands on the wrong side of Babbitt and it becomes a bullpen game with that Atlanta bullpen. So alonzo is really the only guy
1: yeah he gets so many swinging strikes outside the zone with his sinker and uh slider that it's just kind of crazy but super talented uh young pitcher as far as the atlanta bats go against wheeler like i'm searching for home runs here um that's what i want to play against wheeler i'm not saying that i won't stack them but i think acuna freeman donaldson Maybe even Riley would be the guys that I'd be looking at here, just you know, searching for the, the power bats um, against Wheeler.
0: Yeah, Freeman is by far my favorite of the bunch here. Wheeler's been a whole lot worse versus lefties than he has been versus righties, and I haven't dug in too deeply into his um, righty home run numbers so far this year, but uh, those should be due for some negative regression. The lefty home run numbers should be there, 49% fly ball rate, 35% hard hit rate, so freeman's the guy that i absolutely love in this lineup here but first base is loaded better play over on fantasy draft like him as a one-off and wheeler can get into trouble he can walk some guys he can fall on the wrong side of babbitt so i'm fine with the stack here it's not my favorite on the slate but freeman is one of my favorite bats
1: i also like ozzy albies a lot um nobody's playing him because he's hitting towards the end of the towards the bottom of the lineup and He's been red hot, you know, 16 for his last 39, uh, hitting over 400 in that span, you know, has nine extra base hits in those 16 hits. So it's not just like he's hitting a bunch of singles. Um, always a guy that's a threat to run as well. Um, I think Albies is really interesting towards the bottom of this lineup, especially if people aren't going to be playing him. So you could potentially look at maybe like a Freeman and then just go with like a McCann Albies to round it out towards the bottom of the order and, um, just get lower ownership generated because of lineup spots. So, Really like Albies here, and um, don't expect a lot of people to play him.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. I generally target him more versus lefties than righties, but he's still good enough versus righties, and Wheeler is terrible against lefties.
1: Moving on, Cleveland at Texas, 9.5 total here. Um, Clevenger um, getting activated, and uh, Lance Lynn. Clevenger's a one hundred and thirty favorite, uh, massive total here, nine and a half. Um, any interest in Clevenger? Um, I'm not seeing anything as far as pitch count goes. I think but... he
0: only pitched two innings in his last rehab start. So I'm not expecting a long leash for him here. Uh, we could get different news in the morning guys. We can't figure out what pitch counts are going to be the night before Threw
1: five, but... 5.1. Didn't mean to interrupt you through 5.1 in his last rehab start. No, oh, maybe I was looking at his double a one. I don't know.
0: Uh, but yeah, all right. I mean if he did if he's gonna have enough pitches, then it's still a tough spot. He is playing over in Texas. Granted, they're not at full strength and they do have a decent amount of strikeouts all the way up and down their lineup. If he's gonna be let uh pitch a hundred pitches, then I definitely have some interest in him. He's only eight point seven and he's got good numbers. He's going up against a high K team, so the upside is through the roof here if he doesn't have a pitch limit. So wait and see that I'll even be willing to deal with the potential home runs that he's going to give up. Cause he's playing over in Texas. So it's going to be hot, but if he's going to be around 80 pitches, that's not enough for me to take his price tag.
1: Yeah. I was trying to pull up um, the start, but I can't figure, I'm trying to find it. It's Columbus. You got to go through like minor league baseball website and try to figure out the date and stuff, but I'll keep messing with it. maybe I'll get it here by the end, but um reading here like just reading about his last start like he was able to get that fastball back up um it's always tough when you're getting a guy off his first start but it is certainly interesting if we get any word unlike a pitch count i'm with you i don't expect him to pitch deep into this game uh but if we get news um that we have some news then obviously it makes a huge difference at 8700 with the upside that we know Clevenger is like capable of Um, look at his first two games this season before heading to the IL. So, and it was back. It was a back injury. Um, it wasn't like it was a shoulder or anything. Uh, Grant, any interest here in Lance Lynn? No, I keep fading him. It
0: hasn't worked out well, but nine five is way too much for me going up against a team with seven lefties in it. Um, Lynn has always been a guy that's been way better versus righties than he has versus, versus lefties. The weather is way too good for hitting today. I'm this is one of the few times where I'm absolutely happy to fade Lynn, and if he gets has a good game somehow, that's fine. I don't care.
1: Yeah, I don't think this is the spot I'm going to play Lance Lynn either. Um, Lance Lynn's been a a, a big time favorite a lot this season, right? Like it's not just me, but like he's been a big favorite and like the fact that like Clevenger coming back off the IL, this game's a nine and a half total and he's not a favorite. I'm just, I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah.
0: I mean, a lot of it has to do with the Texas bullpen being so bad. You always add basically an extra what total run to the total, or at least 0.8 runs to the total of the other team, just because of how bad the bullpen is. Um, but
1: even then it's still not looking great for him. Um, any bats that you're looking at here on the Cleveland side?
0: I mean, Kipnis is one of the top plays on the slate. He should be batting fourth. He was batting fourth yesterday. Paid off great for me. Um, really happy about him, and he's 2,700. It's too cheap for a starting bat against a pitcher that's got some massive platoon splits. He doesn't have great numbers this season. I don't care. A lot of the Cleveland bats don't have good numbers this season, but he's only striking at a 19% K rate. He's got a 38% hard hit rate, of one of the lowest soft contact rates on his team. It's not like he's getting up too much ground balls. There's no reason that he shouldn't be getting hits. He shouldn't be doing well this season. All the numbers kind of point towards him being better than he is. Cleveland gets it. They're batting him in a decent lineup spot all the time versus a righty. I love him. And then Ramirez, I don't care. I will always play Jose Ramirez under 4K, especially in a spot where he's facing A righty with some extreme platoon splits. Outside of them, Santana, Lindor, both fine. Bauer, Nyquen, Martin, Martin, all guys that you can include in your stack if you really want to. But Kipnis, Ramirez, Lindor, Santana, four guys that I absolutely love. And is one of my favorite stacks on the slate. Just looking at the raw numbers perspective, they're probably going to garner some ownership. And I'm still willing to roll with Kipnis and Ramirez one-off, even at high ownership.
1: Yeah, I don't mind them. Um, I love taking hitters in this ballpark. I I think that's always a big boost. So um, certainly don't mind that. Um, Texas here. Like, what do we do? Like, we know Clevenger's solid, and, you know, it's always tough to pick a pitcher coming back. Or, like, I I always, like, I feel like this is the spot. Like, if I'm going to play this team, I'm going to end up stacking them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you're fine stacking them. I'm probably not going to do it. Um, Clevenger, he was good in the minors in his rehab start. Regardless of what his pitch limit is, Cleveland still has the eighth-best bullpen in the entire bigs. So, again, it's good hitting weather. There is some power here in this Texas lineup. There are a lot of bats that can do some damage. Chu, Andres is fine. Odor is hitting well lately. But I, I just don't see this being a great spot to target. So, I mean, because Clevenger, because of the bullpen, I'd probably only go with Chew and Odor as one-offs. But even then, I don't really care too much to actually throw them into my lineup.
1: Clevenger threw 67 pitches in his last rehab start. Um, so, there you go. I would not expect him to go more than like 85 here. I would be shocked if he goes more than 85. Um, I'm with you. I think Chew, Odor... You know, with Gallo out of this lineup, like it makes a huge difference on how you approach this lineup because, like, he's such a big power bat um, that it's tough. Uh, You know, Calhoun was doing really well. Like, we'll have to see if Pence and Mazzara are back, but like this lineup could be really ugly um, depending on what it looks like. And like, even at 85 pitches, I think like Clevenger might be interesting depending on like if it's like that DeShields, Forsyth, um, Guzman, Mathis lineup type lineup. So, It'd be really interesting to see what just in general this Texas lineup looks like um, with Pence and Mazzara kind of banged up right now. Yeah, yeah. Like if that lineup comes out without Pence and Mazzara, and it's like the Shields Chew Forside Andres O'Dor like that lineup. Like even at eighty five pitches, I think Clevenger would be kind of interesting. So. And with you, I like the Cleveland side more of this game. So I think like if he could get through five, he could potentially pick up the win as well. So anyway, moving on to Minnesota, where Boston is visiting. It's Rick Porcello. It's Jose Barrios. Um, Any interest here in Porcello?
0: I I do not uh, against. I don't have any interest in almost any pitcher going up against Minnesota. So a bad pitcher like Porcello, not going to (laughs) bother.
1: Yeah, this team so good. Uh, Minnesota is just crushing the ball. They're not striking out a ton. They have a ton of power. Porcello not gener- generating a ton of strikeouts against lefties this season. Higher strikeout against righties, but really this lineup, pretty le- left-handed he- heavy. Um, any interest here in Barrios going up against the Red Sox?
0: A little. He should have very low ownership. He's a very good real-life pitcher. He has some home-road splits that,
1: I mean, I don't know if
0: that's really that much of a thing, but – Not the highest K rate in the world, but a super low walk rate. The last few starts worry me a little bit, but they were against decent power teams. Um, Boston's a great team, but like Barrios at low ownership always interests me. Uh, He's a guy that can still end up with 30 points with his low walk rate. Can go later into the game here. Can still get 6 to 8 Ks up against this tough team. Um, I have a little bit of interest. I still... Definitely prefer Castillo, but I play Barrios over Soroka just because I know I'm getting lower ownership and like probably higher upside.
1: Yeah, like if I had to rank them raw points, I still think I'd take my boy. Uh, but I, I do like Barrios' upside in this spot. I hate playing pitchers against the Red Sox; they don't strike out a ton, but they're not the same team, you know. With Holt and Bradley you know, Ben striking out a little bit more this season. Um, You're just getting more strikeouts in this lineup. So I actually think Berrios is in play here, Um, especially if they stack the lineup. Um, You know, Cora likes to go righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty type lineups. And if that happens, like Berrios is so good against righties that say Ben Attendee or Devers gets a hit, um, maybe the guy batting next to the righty, like we could potentially get a double play. So I like this spot for Barrios for tournaments. Um, certainly an interesting spot. Uh, any Red Sox batters that you trust here against Barrios?
0: Ben Attendee, Devers are both fine. Uh, Barrios is worse versus lefties. Gives up more power to lefties. Extreme Or pretty good ground ball guy and limits a whole bunch of hard contact to righties. But lefties, he's still just an all right pitcher when it comes to giving up fantasy points. So I don't mind Devers and Ben as one-offs, but I'm probably avoiding them.
1: Yeah, not a spot that like um, I'm gonna be playing a ton of Red Sox here. Those are pretty much the two guys that I like as well. Um, I never hate playing JD Martinez. He's just he's just a really good real he's just a good hitter just in general. So if you want to play him, I never hate it. But really, just sticking to those two lefties. If anybody probably not playing hardly anything here. Um, the Minnesota side, Grant. I really like the Minnesota lefties here. You know, we I, I got them talking about Porcello not really getting a ton of strikeouts against lefties this year. Uh, He's generating more fly balls um, more and more throughout his career. Still getting a lot of soft contact just in general. Um, You know, that's a lot more against righties and lefties just because of the sinker. But I think we're, we're looking at these lefties and you know, I think you can load up on the left-handed bats from Minnesota here.
0: I think you could load up with name a bat on this team and you're fine. Um, I prefer Rosario. I prefer Kepler. I prefer Polanco. Those would be my three favorite bats, but I'm not going to say don't play Garver, don't play Cruz, don't play Crone, don't play Scope. All of them have power. Porcello is striking out righties at a higher clip, walking them at a lower clip, but he's still giving up more power to righties than he is to lefties. He's just worse versus lefties overall. Um, yeah, I like every single Minnesota player. I like every single Minnesota player every single day, and today is no different. <laughs>
1: You like that you just, I'm going to stack Minnesota every day. Um, also, uh, but, you can also get
0: uh bucks and nine hole and he's always 1% owned and gets a bomb just as much as everyone else. He's just likely to get one less at bat.
1: Yeah. And like Adrianza towards the bottom of the order, he doesn't have a ton of power, but he's been getting on a base, a ton, um, you know, especially since he's been called back up. So, I certainly don't mind him on the cheap end. He's not as cheap as he was, but I think he's certainly another guy you could potentially look at. But I like the Minnesota lefties here. Um, you like the righties a little bit more, but I, I like the lefties and I never hate playing anybody from this lineup. Oh, I like the
0: lefties more than the righties, but I do like the righties also.
1: <laughs> yeah, i, I th- that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, oh, okay. No, nah, I got you. I got you. Play everybody from Minnesota. It's that easy. Miami at St. Louis, um, Eliza Hernandez against Miles Mikolas, eight and a half total. Mikolas is a minus 220 favorite. This is another game that we're kind of concerned about with weather. Um, Hernandez, you know, we just faced this team. Did not have a terrible outing. Um, Any interest here at 5,900?
0: No. Just no. Um, May have had a decent outing, but St. Louis is still a decent hitting team, even though they haven't been great recently. And started to come on a little bit more in the last few games. Hernandez, I don't know if he's that great of a pitcher. Um, he's good enough, but not playing over in Miami kind of makes me want to go off of him here. I yeah, I don't like if you really need to save the salary at five K. That's fine. It's just it's not something I'm going to do.
1: Yeah, I, I have a little interest, fifty nine hundred for a guy that has a 15.5% swinging strike rate with a 34% K rate and nine starts at AAA this season. Like I have interest there. Um, This team is very right-handed heavy. You know, obviously they got Carpenter Wong and Fowler, but still for the majority of this lineup, it's right-handed heavy and and just 5,900 just seems like if I get 15 fantasy points for that and you know, he, he put up 16.6 against this team last time out. Um, with a three, I know, like three seventy up in that game. I think it was somewhere around that. Um, so I have interest in Hernandez at fifty nine hundred, just as a cheap play. Um, Miles Mikolas on the other side of this game. I know he did not pitch well. Um, uh, anybody that rostered him knew how that went. Um, it's back to back bad games for him. Are you concerned? Or are you going right back to the well?
0: I mean, I think it's more of a cash game play, but yeah, I expect him to be pretty darn chalky and. Anytime in tournament, you have a low strikeout guy that's going to be chalky. It's not worth it. Um, he, maybe my cash game too, SP two, but there's also another spot where he's facing the same team t- two starts in a row, which is not great for overall numbers. Like they, you, almost always like in the long run, do worse when you're facing two team uh, the same team twice in a row because they able to see things better. This Miami team isn't nearly as bad as people think. They're they're bad. They might be the worst hitting lineup in the majors, but it's not nearly as drastic as a lot of people believe, just because they do play so many games in a different ballpark. You look all the way up and down this lineup, the hard contact rates are there for almost every single batter. They don't they have a league average K rate, a league average walk rate. They do hit a lot of ground balls, but I mean, that doesn't really matter too much when you're in Miami and maybe they try that. I am going to fade me Lost tournaments, but yeah, you can go with him in cash.
1: Yeah. I like him for cash. I'm with you. Um, he's been like a, a completely different pitcher on the, on the road than he has been at home this season. But again, I hate home road splits, but you know, obviously they're very drastic, but I, I think that, I might have a little exposure to him in tournaments, depending on how many teams I start making, depending on who the pitcher or the umpire is as well. Um, I like pitcher umpires with him. He benefits from that a ton. But yeah, I'm with you. I think that he's going to be pretty popular here. Maybe people have a sore taste in their mouth and he doesn't have as much ownership as he did, did last time, but it'd be interesting to see for sure. Uh, is there any of these Miami bats that you like against him?
0: Stack him up in tournaments. Again, the hard hit rate for... All these guys is about 40%, and yes, they hit a lot of ground balls, but they did just face this guy. They're going to be low-owned. They're cheap. I don't mind a full Miami stack in big field tournaments. Wouldn't surprise me at all if it took down a tournament with just two high-priced pitchers, a full Miami stack. I could easily see that happening, but um, outside of that, I mean, if you need value bats, I'd rather go with Cleveland guys.
1: Um, St. Louis bats here. Um, I don't mind Carpenter. <laughs> I mean,
0: is. Goldschmidt's too cheap at 3,800. I get that he hasn't been great lately, but he did just hit a bomb today or yesterday, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, and yeah, 3,900, too cheap for him. Carpenter still probably too cheap at 4,200. If you're over on Yahoo, DeJong is stu- still too cheap over there. Outside of them, no, but. Like I said, Goldschmidt's just too cheap.
1: Yeah, he's cheap because he's just so bad right now. Like, I, I agree with you. He don't run on Sunday. Um, but yeah, man. Start like, of a hot street. Start of a hot hey, street. <laughs> that's what he needed. Yeah, he needed a day off Saturday. He's four for his last 33 or something like that. So um moving on here, Baltimore at Oakland, Andrew Kashner, Mike Fires, uh, nine total. Fires is a two fifteen favorite. Uh, that's not a typo. I actually checked it. Um no interest in Andrew Kashner, right? Nope. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, what are we doing fires as a massive favorite going up against Baltimore?
0: I mean, the problem is he's in the, he's in the range where, like, there's other guys with huge amounts of upside. And in a good game, yes, he did have a 45-point outing this season. Um, but that's not going to happen again. He plays better in his own home ballpark, but he's not getting over twenty points. Uh, so there's no reason to roster him in cash or tournaments.
1: Yeah, um, man, like I don't think I'll end up playing him, but I could I, I could see why you'd play him today. Um, I, I, I could see him getting twenty in this spot with a win, and just having a good outing. I could see him getting a twenty. Uh, there's a ton of strikeouts at the bottom of this order. Maybe I play him. I don't know. I'm going to have to dig into, like, he's been pitching a little bit better recently, and I'm going to have to see if there's a reason why because he's faced some good teams. Like, he's faced Tampa. He's faced the Angels. He's faced Houston. He's faced Seattle. And he's thrown at least six innings now in four straight games. So I'm going to dig into fires a little bit more and really make a decision on him because he could be in a nice little um, 7,700. He could be a, a nice little pivot off of some of these other guys that might be higher own like uh, Patrick Corbin or like if we start dealing with weather and like we have to move off of some of these pitchers, like fires might be like the B list and like that's who I might end up on. So not going to rule him out yet, but I'm going to dig into him a little bit more. Um, Any Baltimore bats that you like against him?
0: I don't. I mean, he gives up home runs occasionally, but I don't target bats against him in Oakland. Uh, It's just not – A great hitting ballpark. He's an extreme fly ball guy, which is kind of why they brought him over. It's going to be 65 degrees outside. Not great hitting weather, and fly ball pitchers do well in Oakland, and Mike Fires always seems to limit damage. I mean, you can take a one-off on Cisco or Mancini or Nunez, but I wouldn't.
1: Yeah, Mancini would probably be the only guy that I'd play here, and you're not really... You're getting a little bit of a discount on him. He's 4,600. Uh, he's been over 5K pretty much. Um, he's been right around 5K for a while now, so Mancini would be the one-off, and that's really it. Um, Oakland, though, I, I hate playing Oakland when they're at home, but you know, Castor's so bad against righties. The guys that I like to play from Oakland are righties, like Chapman Davis. I don't know if I fully stack them here in this ballpark, but I really like Chapman. I really like Chris Davis. And you're you're getting them at really good price tags.
0: Yeah, yeah. Both Chapman and Davis are fantastic plays in this game. I like both of them. Um, I mean, you're still fine stacking Oakland, uh, in Oakland in Oakland when you get the price discount. I mean, Chris Davis at 4K is just too cheap. Probably wouldn't go with Matt Olson. Kashner has just been limiting damage done by lefties all season long. Yes, he can hit a bomb at any given time. And the Baltimore bullpen is bad. I don't hate a full stack here um, just because if Kashner gets done for early, they're bringing in their terrible bullpen. And Oakland, even in Oakland, can beat up the Baltimore bullpen pretty darn good. So I don't mind a full stack, but Davis is the guy that I'm really looking at and Chapman's too cheap.
1: Yeah, really, really like the spot for Chapman. Um, 46.7% hard hit rate, 92.1 average exit velocity. Matches up really well. Um, real high upside spot for Matt Chapman. San Francisco at LA taking on the Dodgers. Um, we have Tyler Beatty against um Kenta Maeda. Beatty finally, you know, didn't have to pitch against one of the best teams in the league. Um in his last start, San Diego. Um, I, I guess he had a Miami or a Miami and New York start in the in between those two man. Um, any interest here in Beattie?
0: Nope. Dodgers
1: are good, Beatty bad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Kenton Maeda on the other side of this game. Massive favorite, 260 favorite. Um, do we skip down from the guys at the top, play Maeda and Cash and load up on bats?
0: I mean, I think I'd rather go down to guys like Corbin um, and guys in the high seven, low eight range than Maeda. We don't know how long this leash is going to be. Yes, San Francisco is bad, but they're not a great strikeout matchup and they're getting a, ballpark, a pretty big ballpark upgrade. I don't know if Maeda is going to go more than 6 innings. Yes, it can be efficient, but he's probably going to be limited to around 85 pitches. I don't see being worth it here even against a bad San Francisco team.
1: Yeah, really like what stinks about Maeda is like it just really depends on where it falls, where he hits and stuff like that and what inning is what inning like if if he's at 79 pitches and his spots coming up and there's a man on first or something like there's a good chance he's going to get hit for. So I think he's certainly a guy that I'm going to be looking at, you know, his swinging strike rates, 14.5% this season. He can generate strikeouts. I'm with you, San Francisco, a team that doesn't strike out a ton, but he's a guy that can generate strikeouts, uh, very high strikeout rate against righties. There's going to be enough righties in this lineup, uh, especially towards the bottom of the order. And, you know, Crawford and Duggar, those guys strike out, you know, even as lefties. So I think that he is in play, it's just man we have a lot of pitchers on the slate. You know, for a slate when you when you open it up and you don't think there's a ton of pitchers on the slate, there are quite a bit of pitchers. Like my list continues to grow. Um any giants bats that you like here?
0: I love Belt. I love Belt at 3900. Very good hitter. Like we said Maeda is a pretty extreme splits guy. 214 ISO to lefties and only striking him out at a 20% clip. Belt gets a massive ballpark upgrade. I love Belt at 3900. He's the only problem is he's playing first base um, where we have a boatload of options. He's a fantastic play over on fantasy draft. I have a lot of ownership in him, him there, but, um, yeah, if it weren't for the position, he'd be one of my favorite plays on the slate.
1: Yeah, it things so. that they took a, take away his outfield eligibility. Yeah. Um, that was nice. Uh, as far as the Dodgers go, um, it seems like the lefties are in a great spot here.
0: Um, lefties are in a great spot. Righties are still in a decent spot. He walks a whole bunch, stacks in order, just because this game can get super out of hand super quick because of B's high walk rate and just how good and how patient this Dodgers team is. Um, Belly, obviously one of the top raw points plays on this entire slate here. Not a whole lot of great hitters in great spots, and he's one of the guys that actually is. Price tags a little constrictive, but that's fine. Jock jams going up against a righty, too cheap at 4600 Really like that. Turner, he has been better versus righties. Don't have a huge sample size though, and he's still not a great picture. I like Turner quite a bit. Muncie's fine, but the price is bad. And then Taylor, if he's in the lineup, then you know he's cheap.
1: Yeah, Jock has been awful recently for what it's worth. Um two for his last 20 um at the plate. Um just for anybody that is curious. Um well, no, I'm sorry, one for his last 30 at the plate. Uh, I read it wrong. So he's been really struggling. If he's in the leadoff spot, face and B, I certainly have interest. But I just wanted to throw it out there that like he's super cold right now. Um love Muncie, love Bellinger. Pretty much everything you said, I just wanted to point out that my boy Jock Jams is um struggling pretty heavily at the plate right now. All it takes is like, you know, getting it going one time and he'll be fine, but uh, the Brewers and the Padres, eight and a half total. Chasen, Luke Casey. Uh, Luke KC is a one hundred and thirty favorite. Uh, any interest in Chassine? I'm pretty sure this is his first start back from the IL, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was only on the IL for two weeks, if I remember correctly. I'm gonna double check here. It's an interesting matchup. seen historically a guy that's much better versus righties than he is versus lefties, and there's a bunch of righty strikeouts in this lineup here. Yeah, he was only on the DL for two weeks. Um. He hasn't been great this season by any means. 69, I wish he was in the 5K range because then I have a lot of interest in him. Um, but 69, I still have a small amount of interest in him. It is has played over in San Diego. That's a big ballpark upgrade for him. And he does have K ability versus righties historically throughout his career. And he's been decent against them this year. There's so much strikeouts in this. I, have, I will play a bit, but the price is slightly too much for me. You really want to go heavy on him.
1: Yeah, and he only threw, like, a 45-pitch, um, you know, bullpen to get back. Uh, so, like, I don't expect it. And, like, Freddie Peralta was expected to start this game. So, like, Freddy Peralta is supposed to move back to the bullpen. And, like, so if Chassine gets in a little trouble here at, like, 50, 60 pitches, maybe Peralta comes in and works a few innings. So I have a little interest – or I, I have a little interest in Chassine, but, like, I'm a little concerned just about, like – how deep and how much they're going to actually let him pitch in this game. I'm with you. 5,500, I'm in. 6,900, it's a little bit tougher.
0: He was getting up to 100 pitches before he went on the IL there. The 45 to 50 pitch bullpen session was just strictly to make sure that everything was all right and nothing got tweaked or anything like that. Like He he was stretched out. He hasn't pitched a full game in two weeks, but it wouldn't surprise me if he got into the high 90s, low 100s range.
1: It would surprise me. (laughs) right i'm just like i agree with you we like just seen against righties this team is a what six right-handed usually uh lineup with you know the righties having a 27 percent k rate against right-handed pitching this season so obviously there's a ton of strikeouts here and you know it's a solid matchup it's just a little bit of concerning things for me Um, Luke Casey, you know, he's been really solid this season. He's facing a Brewers team that always concerns me taking pictures against them. Uh, they just don't strike out enough. Do they like 8,600? There's a lot of upside. We probably don't want to play him in cash. Like probably not a spot that I'm going to play Luke Casey.
0: I mean, depending on what the lineup is, the likely lineup means an absolute no-go for me with Lucchesi. Um I don't know how deep he's going to pitch in the game. He has been getting in the 90s, but there's no chance of him getting into the hundreds. If they throw in more lefty bats, than they, it current, more than just Moose and Jelic, who are already low strikeout guys, because you want and going against a bunch of lefties because he has a 30% percent k rate versus them this year, and he's been good at limiting pretty much everything versus lefties so far. Uh, but if it's the Aguiar, Perez, like Braun, Kane, like all those guys are in the lineup. There's only two lefties in there. It's not going to be worth it. So depending on if there's multiple le- more lefties in the lineup, then fine. But I doubt that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Like if it, if it comes out with a levy, lefty-handed lineup, like obviously you're going to have interest in him. But if it's just Yelich and Mustakis, like it usually is, then you're probably not gonna play him. But yeah, if Shawl's in there, uh if Thames is in there, like yeah, you're you're gonna load up on this guy. Um any Brewers bats that you want to play here against him?
0: Um, I mean, like I said, I Chassin's been better versus righties, but he's still giving up at 41% fly ball rate and thirty-seven percent hard hit rate versus righties so far this season, and he's probably better than that, but still Tatis, Renfro, Machado can all just crush the ball at any given time here. Machado's no longer super cheap, but Tatis I really like as a one-off in tournament. Um, Doesn't walk a whole lot, which is a worry against Chassin, so he's going to be putting the ball in play, and he's going to be crushing it every single time he does. This kid is super good, so I like him as a one-off. I don't mind a mini stack with the power bats, even throwing Will Myers in there, or Naylor um, and Hosmer getting in those lefties where Chassin's really struggled, but Petco generally not a great st- park to stack in, so it's mostly going to be one-off power bats here.
1: Yeah, I think like the biggest issue for me with the Padres is they're coming out of a series again in cores, so they're all kind of like really priced up. Um, maybe on Yahoo or like Fanduel or something, they're not as expensive, and you can look at them over there. But like their prices on DraftKings, I, I just I'm not playing any of these guys. Um, their their prices are just. So bumped up from playing in cores, uh, they're they're cheaper over on Fandle. So if you want to get exposure to Padres, I think it's more on Fandle than it is on DraftKings, right? Um, let's see here. Do we talk about the Brewers' bats?
0: Um, no, but I mean, it's Aguiar, it's a one off, Moustakas is fine, but Lucchese's been good against lefties. Like Kane, Braun, and Aguiar are the three top guys, but I'm not going out of my way to get them. It's a, not a good ballpark. They get a massive down, ballpark downgrade. Lucchese's good. Bodger's bullpen's good. I'm probably just staying away.
1: Yeah, I don't mind the price tag on Kane at 4K. Braun at 4,300. Like I think those price tags are fair. Um, depending on where Perez hits, if he's in the lineup, he's like 3,500. He's good against lefties. Uh, but yeah, I'm probably not going out of my way here. Uh, Last game on the slate, Kansas City at Seattle, Danny Duffy, Tommy Malone. um, Any interest here in Duffy? A
0: lot of interest in Duffy here. Seattle is bad. It's in a good ballpark. Um, Again, Seattle's bad. There's a whole bunch of lefties in there. Duffy has a 26% K rate versus lefties. He's been good versus lefties this year. A lot of Seattle's numbers are heavily inflated due to them being one of the the, not being one of, being the best hitting team for the first month of the season, I and mean, it wasn't remotely close anywhere else. They're hitting home runs a massive clip, but looking at this, the K rates all the way up and down this lineup, they're massive, and the only not 24% plus or 30% plus uh, strikeout number versus lefties is Vogelbach, which that's going to go up. He's got over a 20% K rate versus righties, so you can't expect him to be better versus lefties. I really like Duffy. He's probably... If the ownership's not going to be sky high, my favorite play on the entire slate here. He's only 7,500. He did have a decent outing, which might get him a little bit more ownership, but the Seattle team is not good in the slightest. And there's strikeouts everywhere. And Duffy is much better versus Lefty. And there's a lot of Lefties.
1: Yeah, Duffy's one of my favorite tournament plays. I was actually shocked that you liked him as much as I did. I like that. Um, I like when we're able to agree on things. Uh, obviously, with Edwin getting traded here. Like, we know Vogelbach's going to be in there. Um, Smith is probably going to be in there. Seager's an everyday guy. They've been using J.P. Crawford almost every day. So, like, that's giving us four lefties. Uh, Mac Williamson, who should be in the lineup, he's he's not been good against lefties this season, but he was really good before he got hurt last year. Uh, Santana's always a guy you got to kind of worry about, but you're getting massive strikeout rates with the guys that are good against lefties in Beckham and Santana. So... I like Duffy for tournaments as well. Um, I think I go a little bit safer for cash, but I love Duffy's upside here for tournaments. Um, Tommy Malone, uh, you know, obviously it's an opener situation where Baptiste is going to open and Malone's going to come in, and Malone's been pretty good in this like you know role this season. Um, you know, throwing around eighty to almost ninety five pitches in one of his starts. So, do you have interest in Malone? I like lefties against Kansas City. Can we make an argument for him on this slate at sixty nine hundred?
0: Yeah, he's been fantastic this season. He hasn't just been good. He's been very good. When you consider that he's gone against Minnesota, against Houston, against the Angels, the lowest strikeout rate team in the league versus lefties, against the Texans in Texas, and then against the Texans one more time, which he actually played well. He's had some really tough uh, matchups here, and now he gets a matchup versus KC that's not a real great lineup right now. Bottom half of the lineup is trash. It's not good at all. There's strikeout upside even in the middle of their lineup here, we have wit, and that's pretty much it. Malone's a lot better than people think. The starting whatever thing actually helps. It doesn't help on FanDuel, but it helps on sites like DraftKings, where he has a better chance at the win because they're throwing in one of their best bullpen arms generally at the beginning. So he's more likely to be in there at the seventh inning if they are ahead. So I really like Malone. He's my second favorite pitcher on this slate. I will be playing a lot of pitchers from this game.
1: Um, yeah, you know, obviously like Malone certainly in play. I I do think it gives up one, maybe two home runs here. You just got to kind of maybe pinpoint it. Um, is there any bats that you like here for Kansas City? Witt's fine. That's it. Yeah, I don't mind Witt. Um, Bonificio got called up on Friday. If he's in the lineup, he's 3100 on DraftKings. Um, instant savings. You know, he's a guy that has some pop and he's fast. So it's always a guy that I like. Um, he's, he's, He's big time power. Not, I wouldn't even say like big time power. He has power upside, but he's obviously a guy that can strike out a bunch too. So like he's obviously concerning, but he's so cheap that I wanted to mention him. But yeah, I like I like Witt. Um, probably that's my favorite play here. Uh Seattle bats anything?
0: I mean, Vogelbach can hit a bomb off anyone, but I'm still probably not playing him. Uh, probably a cross out game for me for bats, but I am loading up a ton on it on pitching. So.
1: Yeah, like, I can't, like, get around playing Beckham, but I can get around maybe playing Santana as a one-off. Um Beckham just has such a massive ground ball rate, even though he doesn't, like, get out all the time against lefties. He has a 226 ISO 350 woba, but he has a 62.5% ground ball rate. So, like, that's my biggest concern with him. So, I, I think Santana would really be the only guy that I'd end up playing if I play anybody, but I'm with you. I think the pitchers are really interesting here. Um Grant, let's talk uh, morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here for this Monday. Give me a guy under 8K to get six more strikeouts. There's quite a bit of them today.
0: Do you want Malone or Duffy?
1: Um, Actually, I don't think I'm going to take either one of those guys.
0: Then I will take Duffy.
1: All right. I'm going to take Hernandez from Miami. Uh, Over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust? Lance Lynn. Oh, I like that one. That one's good. Um, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take Torinos. Yeah, not a bad choice. One in the Yankee Stadium, uh, give me a guy over 4K to hit a home run today.
0: Tatis.
1: All right, I'm gonna take Max Muncy. I like that call. Uh, uh under 4K to get two hits. Who's your cheap guy?
0: Brandon Belt's getting two bombs, which is also two hits. There
1: you go. Uh, Give me Justin Upton in his first game back, uh, first game of the season. And give me a stack to score six or more runs.
0: I don't want to say Cleveland. I'm going ballsy. I'm saying Miami.
1: All right. I'm going to say (sighs) LA is too chalky against Edwin Jackson. Oakland's probably too chalky against Kashner. Um give me give me Tampa Bay.
0: Uh, I like that call quite a bit. Yeah.
1: Against Tanaka. No he's gonna play Tampa against Tanaka. Give me Tanaka. Gonna have to get off to him really quick. But anyway, um that's it. Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, uh, nope, just play Duff Man, play Malone. All right, you guys have a wonderful Monday. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you
0: then. take you, kids.